Welcome back to Do the Woo. We are on episode 161. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Zach Stepik, and I'm sitting here with a great panel of people. Uh, let's start with my co-host for today, Jonathan Wold. How are you today? Zach, I am fantastic. It's great to be here. As always, it's good to uh, do one of these together. I don't think we have yet. We've been flirting with it for a while, finally making it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing. Uh, the snicker you heard in the background there was Carl Alexander. Carl, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Excited for this conversation. Oh, I wonder what this conversation is going to be, be about. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, who else do we have with us? We have Til Cruz with us, and, and he's perhaps another clue about the topic. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we have Carl, who's been building Emir. We have Till, who's been building Relay Cache and has been working on Redis Object Cache and Object Cache Pro for a while now. Me, who's been obsessed with WordPress and WooCommerce performance for as long as I've been in the WordPress space. Um, what do you think we're going to talk about today? Mm, I'm feeling this kind of performance vibe. Yeah, a uh, little bit. A <laughs> little bit. And, and Zach, one of the things I love about this topic, too, is that uh, is, is perception versus reality, right? There's a perception about WooCommerce, especially at the, the higher end. Of like, oh, maybe it can't handle performance at scale, and whatever that might be. We know the reality isn't true. Like, there are some fantastic things that you can do. Oftentimes, people aren't aware of the options, yeah. and I think there's a great opportunity to shine some more light on what you can do. So, well, and I think the the interesting thing, if we look at this, and let's just start with this as a topic: what is performance for an e-commerce store? Is it the number of page loads the store can handle? Is it the number of visitors the store can handle? Is it the number of simultaneous checkouts the store can handle? What What is a true metric of performance? And I, I'll throw that out there for everybody to comment on. Yeah, I think based on what I'm seeing, so um, with Emir, just with the the sales, and uh, I'm going to use your example because I think it's, it's really good, Zach. Um, it, but I think it's it's usually checkout is really what you're worried about for a WooCommerce uh, store because if your checkout goes down, uh, if if somebody if a potential customer is coming to me and they're like we're doing sales, and once the once we send the newsletter out, our site gets swamped and people are trying to check out and they can't, we're losing. You know, like you, your, your example is great that we're losing $8,000 a minute because we can't, the customers can't check out or like the, the entire storefront went down. I think to me, that is really what you're looking to test. Um, I had a sales call yesterday and, and about Emir and I said, whoever you pick, make sure that you do like load testing to make sure that the checkout works with the volume of, of transactions that you would expect. Um, and I think that's really what happened. I think that's the critical aspect to an e-commerce store because you're working on sales. You're not working on page views. Like page views is nice, but it's you want people to check out and buy the, your merchandise. So that's what really, that's the critical critical aspect to, to check. It's like this challenge of uh, literally being able to take their money, <laughs> right? Like it, when it comes down to checkout, yeah. it's like, 
it's a terrible wall to hit where it's like people are, are trying to give you money and you can't take it at that moment. <laughs> yeah. And everybody struggles with that. Like, look at Apple on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, that was me. Like, look at Apple on Monday and it, it their e commerce just went down. Like, people were trying to check out and complaining. Like, they're like, I got it for first last week of October. I got it. And then it's like, by the time they got to check out, it's, it's mid November because the the whole thing collapsed because that's that's really the weak the weak area of any e-commerce it's not specific to woocommerce it's an e-commerce problem like whether you're using magento yeah it's friction specific to woo one other thing so checkout i think is a great example something that till brought to my attention that i hadn't thought about as much is when you're dealing with a subscription business that's based on wordpress and you're dealing with things like a simple thing like renewals, but a bunch of renewals are hitting at once. You can run into a pretty frustrating situation where it's like not just checkout, but also Woo continuing to do its thing after the fact. If you're using WordPress to like process all of that. Till, you want to touch on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to step go one, one step further back here. One thing is the health. Can you take people's money when they give it to you? And what I see a lot is how fast can you take it? Because like Apple on Monday, when you have a 15 second page load time, unless you really want that new MacBook Pro M1, M Max, whatever the name was, you also need to serve these pages and the checkout can't take 10 seconds to to load. That's, you know, and then that expands Zach's question of, what is performance where you have the time to first buy from the server? How fast do assets load? How fast is your computer or phone to handle it? There's a lot to it. And then to address your the renewal question, we had one customer which actually inspired the whole Object Cash Pro endeavor. They had 20,000 subscriptions in WooCommerce and they would renew every Saturday. They were doing food, um, like CrossFit people getting meals delivered at home. And they had 20,000 subscriptions renewed every Saturday. And without having an object cache, their subscription just wouldn't renew, which is like another little bit of a, a wonky point of WooCommerce in that sense. Yeah. Well, and even back a, a couple of years ago, three years ago now, uh, there was a track ticket in WordPress core that had been sitting around for, at that point, six years adding a pre WP unique post slug uh, to override the post slug handling. It's track two, one, 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 two, if you're interested. And I remember that because it's a really easy track ticket number to remember. And because it was the easiest way to shortcut what was happening in WooCommerce subscriptions for renewals. So uh, that WP unique post slug call was causing subscription renewals to take days on sites that had tens of thousands of subscriptions. And so being able to short circuit that, we were able to increase the uh, speed with which renewals happened by 14 times, I believe. It's things like this that on the one hand, uh, I could see frustrating folks who are considering like SaaS platforms, right? Where like, why is this even a thing, right? Like some of these little gotchas. Uh, on the other, it's like it's very easy to underestimate just how big WordPress and WooCommerce like are, and yeah, this yeah, there's a bit more work in figuring some of these things out, and we can I think all hope that these issues become just less and less over time as 
folks like the ones that you've you've all worked with in different degrees push the edges and because it's an open source ecosystem ideally a fair amount of those edge pushings end up being brought back into it how do you guys feel woocommerce as a platform itself is doing like over the, these past couple of years do you feel like the core product is improving in terms of performance like how do you how what's your feeling about the direction we're going i think the indices that were added helped with performance with the majority of sites but hurt performance with the fringe sites the the more trafficked sites so uh, because those indices just don't cut it on some sites if they're um if they have a certain level of traffic you know the we just need to override those and because they get bloated and they get too big and then the index operation is taking longer than the query would have so i think it's very individual some sites you set them up you have your you know flash sale of a thousand people on the site and it just it works woocommerce managers others need custom database indices set up removed and so on others just need a hey let's throw a page cache and that just relieve the server for anonymous traffic like every woocommerce site seems or not every but most seem so unique that finding the right strategy of like what actually is the bottleneck like carl mentioned benchmarking these on a staging side or in downtime actually putting this under load and see what part of your infrastructure is it wordpress is it not going to hate on any plugins here is it plugin number x over here slowing everything down <laughs> is laughing about that um or is it maybe my sql is not slow it's not fast enough and really finding out what's What's the big bottleneck where you can get a 10, 14x improvement with one or two small changes or bigger changes, but finding that out for the individual site and the individual setup, I find this quite, this is usually my first step. It's, it's important. Carl, so with you, with your Merck, could you give us some context for those who don't know um, what, what it is? And- yeah. So Emir basically uh, a serverless uh platform for WordPress. So it's probably a bit out of scope for, for this podcast to explain what, what serverless is, but basically um, it, it allows you to scale WordPress on demand. So what's really powerful with WooCommerce with this is that um, WooCommerce is very uh, PHP dependent for performance. Uh, there, there's just realities with caching that are very different with WooCommerce, which is why uh, a lot of the large hosting companies have either dedicated e-commerce um, plans or they don't support it super well because it's so much more... What When you're running a regular WordPress site, you can put a page cache in front and you'll solve like 90% of your scaling problems or performance problems. With WooCommerce, you, you might have noticed so far, we've talked a lot about checkout, carts, things like that. Those are all things that you can, you can do some caching about, but you can't do that much. And with Emir, what it lets you do is, is scale that PHP side basically to, to un, untouched levels in the WordPress space. I scaled a checkout to go from zero to 3,000 actually people checking out at the same time in a minute. So we're, we're really talking um, scaling scenarios that 
a lot of people are worried about because in e-commerce, you're dealing with sales. Like just even if it's just one day a year and it's your Black Friday sale, like a lot of e-commerce, like income is seasonal. So um, one of, uh, I, I work with a, a managed hosting platform called uh, Wugo Stores and they have like a candy store. And, uh, and right now is Halloween. So Halloween is, is the time of the year when you have, uh, you need to be able to like, be able to, to have your store online because that's when you're, if your store's down, that's like, you're losing a lot of money. Uh, and it's those critical aspects. And oftentimes I, from talking anecdotally to a lot of customers with all the, the major hosting platforms, it's that those scenarios that they're not prepared to handle. But for e-commerce hosting, that's literally like your number one job. Like, like who cares if you have page caching when nobody's visiting your site? It's when you're sending that newsletter and, you know, like you have a 1,500, uh, 15,000 newsletter, you send a sale, hey, uh, our stuff's going on sale. Everybody's coming to your site. It goes down. You're like, oh my God, like this is what I needed my store to be on for. Like, and you know, I've, I, Emir has customers, they're paying five figures a month for hosting and these scenarios still happen and it's unacceptable. And that's what Emir really tries to solve with on the e-commerce side specifically. I, there's advantages for everyone because you don't have to manage a server anymore. So it's like a lot of things that you stress about uh, are gone. But for WooCommerce specifically, um, I'm dealing with a lot of customers or inbound inquiries around that because it, you lose so much money. And that's like the only time for a lot of businesses, that's the most important aspect of, of your WooCommerce hosting. Yeah, I was listening to a presentation by Ezra Firestone uh, very recently, and he was saying that one third of his company's income per year happens in the last quarter. So one third of his, his income happens between Black Friday and Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised. Like That's a large majority of, of e-commerce sites. Right. Till one of the things I love about uh, how you positioned Object Cash Pro is around this idea of just avoiding outages because that that's that's the heart of this, right? Like it's like the worst thing that could happen to a, an e-commerce store is to have an outage during a time when people are buying. Like it's the worst thing, and and we kind of just accept it sometimes. Like oh yeah, they're down, and yeah, that's kind of cool. Yet it's really bad at the same. Like it's really bad in terms. To of quote Carl, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Which, by the way, can I just chime in here? Do you guys know Adventure Time, the cartoon? And there's Lemon Grab. Oh, yeah. And when he says this is unacceptable, I'm not going to imitate the voice, but I'm going to, I'll send you a meme later about this. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. We'll try and get it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another aspect of performance (laughs) as well is how do you, how do you degrade performance? Because that's another advantage with Emir too, is like one of the problems with traditional servers is that when the server starts to break down under load, everything kind of collapses. Um, with, with Emir, like the worst that can happen is you run out, your database gets overwhelmed, and then you're going to get database connection errors. But the people that already had their page loads, like they'll keep loading. Um, so there's like, there's obviously calibration you can do about that. But 
you're not having to worry. I'm a sysadmin consultant. And one of the things that I try to make sure when I'm dealing with uh, customers is that the server doesn't collapse under load, um, which is another problem that you might have, uh, regardless of whether you can handle the scale or not. I think it's important to think about how the whole thing degrades. Um, obviously, you don't want to, but if if it happens, um, you you want to be sure that things degrade in a way, in the best way possible, I should say. Carl, one of the things that, uh, so with Emir, what you've done, I, I love that the open approach that you take to it. Um, I, I want to ask you to like, take off your Emir hat for a moment. And if you think about the ecosystem broadly with hosting, because obviously, yeah, people people can work with you. There's a lot of different options out there. What what have you noticed of the the trends in the hosting space for WooCommerce, positive, negative, because we see some of these issues and we, we see that what works well for WordPress broadly, like the page caching approach just doesn't work for Woo. How do you feel about the what's happening across the word, uh, like WooCommerce hosting broadly? Do you see, is it a good direction? Like, how do you think about that? Well, I mean, me and Zach have discussed it before. I think one of the my probably biggest pet peeves with the e-commerce hosting uh, ecosystem as a whole is the whole pricing thing. Um, how they handle pricing because we like we just spent a good amount of time talking about what is critical for a e-commerce site. It's like how do we handle load or a, a surge of of um, customers? And a lot of these e-commerce, like I, I'm, they either like I like I'll name a couple. Like it's not because they're just the top of mind. Like it's not to just single them out, but WP Engine on their e-commerce site does not talk about how many orders they can handle and the volume that they can handle. And Nexus does, but they're on like over an hour. Like, oh, I can we can handle five thousand hour orders an hour. I'm like, cool. What if my five thousand hour orders are in the next five minutes? Can you handle it? Like, I think a lot of the pricing doesn't reflect maybe what a business owner is worried about and willing and looking to pay for out of e-commerce hosting. I don't, I feel like they kind of took what the pricing scheme was for regular WordPress site and then try to like find a like way to create a, a pricing table for WooCommerce that kind of fit that model and, and went with it. But I think it shows a complete uh, disconnect with like what a, what a successful store, especially when you're dealing, when you're about to fork, you know, five figures a month or more on WooCommerce hosting, I don't feel those pricing pages or their marketing at all reflects what I would be concerned about if I was if I was shopping or helping recommend people to various hosting companies to handle their WooCommerce site. And I'm sure Zach can talk even more about that than me. I'm just like. But that's always like what what I find the most frustrating looking at these offerings. The important thing um, with most of the hosting plans are, that are out there is that what they're doing is they're selling you bare metal. They're not selling you something designed to scale e-commerce, mm-hmm. right? They're selling you yeah. more bare metal. When you have one tool, which is to throw more bare metal at the situation then you use that tool because it's the only thing you have. And when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? I, I'm really curious, Fatil, you, you talk 
a lot with hosting companies as well, and you have a sort of view on that space. What What are your thoughts? Like, what do you see happening, uh, positive or negatively, kind of trends in the in the in, for WooCommerce? Yeah, I see the demand increase over the last maybe two years. Maybe it was the whole pandemic thing. I'm not sure, but over the last two years, I see the demand and the interest from hosting companies to satisfy that WooCommerce customer need or vertical they want to expand and they see it. lots of people they have money they make money it's a, it's an interesting business model it's an interesting client they're professional um that's definitely what i've seen and to to touch on what carl said earlier i think we both know him julian i'll omit the last name here but i saw him move from kinster to cloudways to alter like he he went to like five hosts and was willing to put again like five figures down, no questions asked. Let's make this happen. I think they host a thousand micro brew, something with hipster beer. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, they're they're a large multi set. So they're a customer of Demir, and I'm working with them. Um, Julian basically has a multi site where he has a platform for micro. I'm just going to explain it a bit for the for the for people listening, but he basically runs a, a micro brewing platform. And it's it basically if you're a microbrewer, you sign up and they'll host their stores and sell their beer from there. And uh, microbrewers are very like sale dependent. You know, they'll they'll release a batch of of yeah of of a new like brew, and it it's limited quantities, it's limited production. So there's a lot of that kind of like urgency to buying it. So they see a lot of like that spike traffic that we're talking that we were talking about and. Yeah, it was just me and Tilla both worked with him, uh, just trying to scale that platform. But it's it's really reflective of WooCommerce uh, performance problems in general. Um, he just has it on a larger scale, but none of the hosting companies. Like he's tried almost all of them, and then the the two of them that he hasn't tried, I have anecdotes from other customers of them <laughs> running like similar tests. I love that example because basically it's a because one of the things I pay attention to in this space is I think there's a lot of opportunity around these like WordPress as a service businesses, and if you focus on like the commerce side of it, like it makes a lot of sense. Right? I love that that use case of like hey, he's going to provide a platform that's going to facilitate sales. It's you you then get an amplification of the problem. Yeah, right. Where it's yeah. it's it's exponential. If you then have a you know a WooCommerce store itself, but then you have a thousand of them within like an installation. Obviously, it's going to have ebb and flow, but that's similar to what my friend is trying to do with Wugo stores. But he's trying to like not make it run. They've had a lot of debate whether to run it on multi-site or not. Like the the advantage of of doing Emir is you don't necessarily have to. Um, but uh, but yeah, like a, I think there's a there's an increasing amount of companies that are starting that it will specialize in this because it's a specialized, I think, skill set. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Boo. When you look for growth marketing, turn your head to Klaviyo. Did you know that 57% of consumers on you or your client sites are making online purchases more than twice a week? At the same time, 70% of consumers in North America had data privacy concerns when they shop. Now, what does this mean to you as a WooCommerce builder? Well, you need to be in the know. 5,000 online shoppers shared how they shopped and how they preferred to hear from e-commerce brands. 
in the 2021 Clavio Consumer Report. Some good education there, so get full access to the report by simply visiting their profile on our site, do the woo.io slash friends slash Clavio and click on the link for the Clavio Consumer Report. We all know the importance of backups for your clients' woo shops. That is why you should consider the Jetpack backup plugin that saves every update and sale in real time. That means you can catch the smallest issue or change when things go sideways. Be on top of it with one-click restore from any backup while you keep your Woo orders up to date. Restore when you need to restore with a one-click restore in their mobile app. All of this saves your customers money because an average single downtime can mean a loss of 9000 bucks. And best of all, Woo and Jetpack are both owned by Automatic, so you can be rest assured of full compatibility. Just head on over to jetpack.com slash backup. And now let's head back to the show. When I think about the ecosystem, what I care about is like, are we going in the right direction? Because we're going to see more opportunities like this. So if you take an example like that, uh, it, it's uh, one of the things that we get special in the WordPress ecosystem is we'll have edge cases that will push us forward, right? I remember when I worked on News Corp Australia years ago, it was like one of the biggest installations at the time. And that helped push some key things forward in, in WordPress because it's open source. They're like, yeah, we want this stuff fixed and we want it to benefit. Do you feel like taking that Julian's example, do you, are the hosts um, as a whole like learning from this stuff? Are we seeing an evolution in the right direction? Because from my perspective, a few years from now, we, we want this to not be issues, right? I, what do you think, Carl? Like, are we going the right direction to be able to better serve situations like this? Carl and I are. <laughs> you, you guys no. are. But I think uh, this is, I think what Till is doing with Relay, I mean, I'm going to write him the best, I've told him this already, but I'm going to write him the best case study because I think what Relay is doing um, is going to help a lot for WooCommerce because we've talked a lot about scaling and Zach mentioned the bare metal and the problem with bare metal is that you're only like, you're limited by how much, how big a server can get. So, um, in scaling, uh, WordPress, the way that Emir is doing it, uh, me until, uh, I've been very stressed out about it in the past few weeks because we, I kind of realized that nobody's really doing it. Um, it's kind of like, I think they have like kind of hacky solutions around the problem, but nobody's really doing it. And what Till is working on, um, if you're a hosting company and paying it, then listening to this, you're going to probably want to pay attention to it because it's going to help. And I, I was talking with Matt Cheney last night from Pantheon, who's one of the co-founders of Pantheon. And I was like talking about relay to, um, and I think it's a non, like it's a significant, like it's a non-trivial thing that Relay does. And I'll probably be the first one to push it, but I won't be the last one to push it. Because I was like, have you noticed this use case? I was telling till have you taught this use case? Like not especially. It's like, because he's focused on speed. And I'm like, I'm focused on scaling. And it's like solves a different problem. Um, but I think it's going to change. I think it'll get better. And it actually, it wasn't a use case. I'll, I'll explain what, 
I'd love to touch upon like the whole scaling approach step-by-step on WordPress and with a relay, but to touch on that, the initial intention with relay was just to have um, kind of the just in time or what, what do we call it? like instantaneous notification when mid request, let's say WordPress loads, it takes two seconds to load. And one second into the request, I wanted some way to let the cache or WordPress know like, Hey, this key just changed because in the last 1000 milliseconds on the last second, someone changed something or bought the product or whatever happened. I wanted this instant notification, um, which it really still does, but that's a completely such an abstract high end use case that now the performance is actually what it really does. But what I've seen with WordPress and what I like about in, in Canada, everybody says Weimar. I like that you say email actually. I didn't use the Nordic mythology stuff just to like mispronounce it. So I made sure that I knew how to pronounce (laughs) it before. uh... I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. What Carl described earlier is that you have one server that runs PHP, runs your web server, it runs the database. Cool. You want to scale this up? You're going to have one web server and you have a separate database server that talk to each other. And you can scale this, I guess, with email. What happens is you have... 10,000, 100,000, however many Lambda nodes you want in parallel, but you still have this bottleneck of one database server, which you can scale a little bit easier, which is nice. And then the whole concept of object caching is that you basically, not basically, that you take a lot of load off your MySQL, your mm, Percona, whatever you run for your SQL relational database. You take a lot of load off and you offload into Redis because Redis or Memcache, Modern KDB, they're all more or less the same. You can handle a lot more, a lot more requests. Like you, you could fire a million requests a second to Redis and maybe it breaks a web, maybe not. They're, they're, they're good because they're not relational databases. And what we saw with the relay is that even if you have your web servers, you have your database servers and you have your caching server, Redis in this case, you would still hit certain limits at a scale of Redis needs to answer 10 gigabits per second of of, ans- of of questions and commands. It's too much. And Relay came as an idea or was born out of that to just store this replica of Redis, of this, these WordPress objects inside of PHP where it runs anyhow. And then you have these terrible themes that do you know, 20,000 cache requests per page load. The worst I've seen with the Google stores is 100,000 <laughs> for one page. For load. one page load, 100,000 cache lookups. And out of those, are how many? At least 1,000 extra Redis commands? Yeah, 15, 1,500 yeah. basically want to read this. And um, what I see as well over the last couple of years that I've been working with the, the Redis object cache, the free community, and just trying to make WordPress fast is that everybody gets started with WordPress because it's easy. You find a developer, you set up your multi-site and suddenly your business, or it turns into a business and you have a thousand microbrewer customers, but you're on WooCommerce and it works. You built a whole product for many years around this, but now you hit this limit of how do I scale this? Well, and that's really the the key, right? When you hit that ceiling, how do you break through it? You know, I've I've been on the uh, the architecture side of this a number of times now, and looking at you know solutions that were available at the time for how you could get past that ceiling of performance with bare metal. 
And so uh, a lot of hosting companies and a lot of solution providers have used things like Elastic Press to eliminate some of those SQL queries and to use an index that's designed for search, but that can also uh, the I know we all know this, but the the little known feature of Elastic Press as a plugin is that it does query override for every instance of WP Query that it can. So that little known feature <laughs> means that Elastic is handling most of your queries on your site at that point. For the same reason, right? Elastic is going to be faster than SQL because MySQL or Percona or uh, MariaDB or whatever database you're running, if it's a, a SQL-based relational database, those types of lookups are going to be slower than with something like Elastic or you know, some of these new things that are, are available like Redisearch, which I'm really interested in diving further into using Redis as a search appliance. I think that's a really cool idea. But that's like where like having Relay is important because what we're realizing is that there's just a lot of inefficiencies in WordPress. We just throw more hardware at the problem. It's I wouldn't say it's WordPress. Um, again, without singling anybody out, like WordPress itself is actually okay. I find in terms of performance, there's really smart people working on this. It's moving really slow like a freight train, but WordPress core itself and the themes, they're pretty good. It's your... The, the, the official themes, but then you have your third-party themes, custom-made themes, and plugins. That's the... Yeah, sorry. I should be more clar- clear when I say... When I talk about WordPress, I just mean WordPress as an ecosystem. Uh, yeah, I talk of WordPress as the ecosystem. Because I, I'll voice exactly what Till said, um, at least on the WordPress side. I know it's a bit more convoluted with the, the WooCommerce itself, but I, I think WordPress, the, the application... Um, is is well written and performing. Um, it's it's dated in terms of like how what PHP does now, but it's not dated in the sense that it like it doesn't scale or it can't handle what it's it was built to do. And that's like going to always be a challenge. Like when we talked, I think it was Jonathan that was like, oh, like uh, that mentioned that. But part of fixing performance with WooCommerce is that there's always going to be a kind of a custom aspect to it because all these plugins behave might be working okay, but depending on like your storefront or your score store, if you have five hundred thousand SKUs in your store, it's your you have different scaling problems than somebody who has you know ten items in their store, but um, you know has to deal with a lot of traffic or you know you can have five hundred SKUs and just do a couple of sales a day and you still have performance issues. They're just not the same. Um, and that's like a really key aspect where it's the plugins are at fault, but for different reasons. Um, and there's just times where like I saw with till where you just abuse some WordPress system uh, too much and you think that it's free. Like I think Redis is the one that I keep going back to because everybody is used to having Redis on the server and there's no latency cost. So they're like, who cares if I do a hundred thousand lookups? Uh, it, it's free. It's free. So it's, uh, it's free. But in reality, uh, these, these things aren't free. So the more you scale, 
more everything has a cost. Uh, that's like one of the things with scaling. So it's, it's just like things that we thought maybe were free aren't so free anymore. But in terms of your like e-commerce store, it really depends how it's structured. I think the whole performance team proposal that was recently submitted, I'm all for it. One of the things they mentioned, I'm not sure who it was. It was so many comments, but education and educating these, you know, low level, entry level, junior, mid-level developers, how to write somewhat performant code. We saw this the other day that some kind of form on, on Carl's platform, they were just setting a one second timeout for all object caching. I was just like, then why do you use it in the first place? Now you're just actually, you're making it, you're using <laughs> caching, but you're making the whole setup worse because you're constantly writing to it. And then they didn't put a cache group. Yeah. Just <laughs> and then they didn't put a cache group so you couldn't exclude them because they were just using the the object cache as a kind of like uh, communication. Like if, like, between like it was a plugin with multiple extensions so they're like okay we'll store stuff in cache in object cache for one second because we need it other parts of the plugin need it but that's all they're using it for it's not actually to cache anything that another request needs it's specifically for that so you have these kind of things where there's education i agree with till education But some of them are doing the right thing. It's just if everybody's doing the right thing and you end up with 100,000 object cache hits, then it's a different... It's That's why it's, a lot of these, these scaling problems end up... like You can do some stuff, but at some point, sometimes you just need custom code because there's just a reality to your, your specific store that needs to be addressed. Um, and in that respect, I think WooCommerce requires a lot more custom work than a regular WordPress site. Well, and let me be clear just for anybody listening to this, that that custom work comes in at, you know, higher scale. So you get to start your business. You get to get to a point where you're making money. <laughs> and then once you've started to make money, you'll start to hit these walls, but it's a significant journey to get there. So I just want to be clear Because I know there will be people that will listen to this that will say, yeah. oh, well, plugins are horrible and we can't use any plugins anymore. And no, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that most plugin developers don't see the type of scale that we're talking about. So they don't write for it. Yeah. And that's where the education part comes in. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And then also we're programmers and there's something as premature optimization as well. Um, there's just some things that I feel even as a small plugin developer myself, where I feel like it's not necessarily my responsibility. Like if you're at that scale, like you, you're dealing with an agency or you should have some in the house, um, just make sure that it's extendable. Like, like I talked about, like there was no group for the caching. Okay. Like that's a big faux pas, but there's some aspects. Again, that's why, like I was talking about uh, my, my friend who runs Wubo store, because that's a bit what he specializes in. Like he makes sure that, And same thing with Nexus. When they bundle all these plugins together, they make sure that they perform well. The, that's the advantage of bundling. For like, if you're looking for a managed WooCommerce platform, and Zach can talk to about that, but like, if you're looking for a managed WooCommerce platform, there's an advantage to using a platform that does kind of this bundling from a performance standpoint because they're optimizing for that. So when you're like looking for a WooCommerce store and or setting up your first WooCommerce store, 
and you're just piecing all these plugins together, um, that's how you can get sometimes bitten later. Um, it might work well to get, like Zach said, like it, there's, I don't think there's ever been an easier time than right now to set up a WooCommerce store. But with success comes a cost. On the scaling side of things, I think there's two things that like we have reason to be excited for the future. I worked at WooCommerce up until earlier this year. And I noticed that we were getting more conversations where at the high end, people were looking, they're on Shopify and others and looking at WooCommerce at scale. And part of it is what you alluded to earlier, Carl. It's that, it's that, it, that we've been talking about. It's that the ability to write some custom code. The ability to, because these these platforms that have the scale, these these proprietary ones, they can work really well under a number of different circumstances. At some point, though, there was a, a large subscription business that um, I talked to that moved onto WooCommerce because it's like the the proprietary platform they're on just wasn't cutting it anymore in terms of what they needed to do to create the best experience. Uh, so there's we see that at the high end of businesses saying, you know what, we need more ownership over the platform. I think that's a super valid reason to use WooCommerce. The other thing that I'm excited about is Woo last year started to invest in having a customer success team focused on, and a lot of their focus ends up being on the stores at scale. So from my point of view, there's still a lot of things to be done with Woo. The investments are starting to happen in the right direction though, where they're having those direct conversations with those high-end stores and they're finding these scaling issues. They're finding issues, but... Folks like yourself, Carl and Till and Zach, like there, there are people out there who can help address these things. And WooCommerce is finally investing in that as a direction. So I, I've been, I'm really encouraged to see that the demand is growing at, at the high end because of the ownership component, because of the size of the ecosystem. Is it just for automatic? Is it just for like automatic customers? Or are they? I'm just thinking about my friend. Like, uh, like, uh, are they are they onboarding kind of like hosting? Like all the hosting platforms? It's agnostic. Yeah. They they focus on customer success regardless of what platform they're on, which is the right move. Okay. That's what I was want I wanted to learn about. Yeah. I was just curious if it was just a uh, automatic uh, customer success or if they applied to the entire ecosystem. It's it's the entire ecosystem, which I think is a great move on Woo's part. Yeah, I think there needs to be more um, done about that. Uh, just thinking about my friend, like it's just it's kind of a wild west right now. Like I feel like that's going to be one of the like two area or one of the areas that's going to see a lot of development in the next decade. This might be a really interesting thing for Kevin from Review Signal to have a WooCommerce score. He does WooCommerce. I talked to him on the hosting thing, and when I talked about the load tests I was doing, he was like, "Oh, this is like this is not on the this yeah. is not even remotely on the scale that remo- that Review Signal tests anything." What's the latency or what's the performance at a hundred, a thousand. He scales over an hour. I'm like, that's not useful yeah. for WooCommerce. Like, it, like, yeah, because WooCommerce just burst. It's always burst traffic. It's burst traffic. I mean, not for everyone, but it, it, like, it's just for a lot of platforms. That's what they rely on. So it's and and I think that's why we I talked about it a lot as my pet peeve from like all the hosting companies is that. They just don't address it um, because I think maybe it's because the market's just really starting up. Um, I mean, really, like Nexus was there early, but like I think all the players are kind of starting to pay attention to that space, like you said, Jonathan. Um, and I think 
it's just not well understood yet um, what people want. But it's clear when I talk, when I do sales calls, that they're not worried about like, oh, like, is my, like, obviously they want their site to be fast. But if you dig just a bit further, like what they're really worried about is like, am I going to be screwed when that sales happens? Um, and I feel like the, all of the, all the players, um, like, I don't even have really a lot of marketing on that. I'm so like bare bone right now, but, um, but I plan on having case studies and I talk a lot about it on Twitter, but it's just discussing that aspect. I mean, that's what me and Zach have talked so much about, like ever since I've been working on this, um, is just that that is the number one fear for larger customers. Obviously, if you're starting off with WooCommerce, it's not something you need to worry about. Like just find a host that you're comfortable with. Um, and, and, but once you start seeing some success, that becomes increasingly a problem. And I don't think you were talking about, like, I don't even know, like that, that company you were dealing with Zach that had like a million people on their sales. I don't know who you were using for that, but like, I can't think of anyone um, that could handle it. I can't think of anything bare metal anyways that can handle that. AWS. Okay, yeah, so it was custom. It was It was AWS with Elastic Beanstalk with a pre-scaling panel that allowed them to add servers before traffic events. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've heard behind the scenes mm-hmm. that some hosts yep. do. Um they don't actually have the capacity to deal with this on demand. They just kind of work with their largest customers to make sure that the capacity is there when that sales happens. So there's communication that happens, but that's, that's not a long-term solution for, for the ecosystem to, to have that. No, it's too complex for most people to, to run, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And they can't just talk to everyone to just like, at some point you can't have every customer and just be like, Oh yeah, I need to talk to you because I'm running a sale now. Like, I'm not paying you this much to have to talk to you to like run a sale. I should be able to run a sale and feel confident that this can happen or that this can hold, you know? I love the the knowing nods coming from Till as we're talking through all of this. Just the Yeah, we're all nodding. There's all been a lot of nodding in this. Yeah, we're on the right track here. This is this is good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it's just it's early. We're so early. I think I, I mentioned it earlier, and I think uh, Jonathan was also nodding frantically. Uh, but I think we're kind of early in that space. I think the next decade is going to see a lot of development for WooCommerce hosting. Well, I've, I for one appreciate, Carl, what you're doing, Till what you're doing, Zach, to kind of keep these things top of mind. I'm really encouraged with what I see generally in the space and the maturity. And like I mentioned, the investments that Woo is making, I think we're going a good direction and it's a good foundation to build on. So we just have to, to keep going. Zach, any, any final thoughts? We wrap it. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about how people can get a hold of each of you, Carl and Till, and what your products are and where they can find them. So, uh, Till, let's start with you. Yeah, I don't tweet much. I, I like to keep it quiet. But you can find me on Twitter as Till Cruz. We'll put it in the show notes, uh, how to spell it. And... 
I have objectcache.pro as a WordPress plugin to integrate Redis tightly with WordPress. Install it. You don't ever have to think about it again. And then relay cache. Just say relay, but relaycache.com is the domain. I, I think I really have to change this. It irritates me when people say relay cache. Uh, relaycache.com is going to be a new PHP extension that handles these messy WooCommerce cache scenarios, but it would also work for Laravel, Symfony, Magento, etc. That's me. All right. For me, uh, I'm Carl. Uh, you can find me. I'm pretty active memeing and especially with Tom McFarlane on um on Twitter, it's at Twig Press, so like a twig and then press, like for press. Uh, Emir, you can find Emir app. It's um, it's Emir app. I, Zach Katz made me buy Emir dot app, but I, I haven't made it work yet. But uh, it's Emir app dot com, and it's a serverless platform for WordPress uh, that runs on AWS. So it's not it's not hosting. Um, in the sense that you're responsible for your AWS bills. What Emir does is it manages this uh, scalable infrastructure for you and lets you deploy your code um, on this AWS infrastructure. So it's it's got a bit of a learning curve to it. If you're an agency or you're you've got a more formalized development process, it's nothing new. But if you're used to like I can FTP and edit files, it's like no, you can't. Uh, that's part of the scaling. That's part of the, the solution to scaling is that once your your code uh, gets to AWS, it's kind of frozen. That's what allows it to like spawn a thousand copies of this code in seconds um, is that it's that ability. So uh, yeah, so check it out. I just want to take a, a second and, uh, and thank both of you for joining me. You know, Jonathan and I here today, it was... Uh, this was a lot of fun and I want to do it again. I'll see you guys on the next episode. All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Make sure and get access to the 2021 Clavio Consumer Report. You'll find that link on dothewoo.io slash friends slash Clavio. And cover your clients with backups that saves every update and sales in their Woo shops. The Jetpack Backup at jetpack.com slash backup. And of course, you can always stay on top of our episodes by subscribing to Do The Woo on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your own favorite podcast app. So until next time, keep on doing the woo.